Hello, light lovers. I hope this episode finds you well and that it provides a little light among all that we are currently experiencing. I saw a quote today that read, absurd times call for absurd amounts of love. And you already know I agree. I'm sending you all so much love and light as we travel into the unknown together. In unrelated news, I now have a Patreon. Patreon is a site where creators can upload their content, including bonus material for their followers. In return, fans can subscribe to the creators they love and receive thank you gifts for their sweet support. I currently have three membership tiers ranging from $1 to $5 a month. For one buck a month, I will express my eternal gratitude to you publicly on the podcast episode following your subscription. For $3 a month, you receive my thanks in the form of verbal praise on the podcast, as well as a handwritten, hand-painted, and doodled thank you card from me. For 5 bucks a month, you receive both of the previous goodies and get exclusive patron-only access to blooper reels, silly soundtrack clips, and bonus episodes that don't make the podcast. In the future, I'll have more membership tiers with extra rewards, including guided meditations and personalized chakra clearing sessions. The first bonus episode will be up this coming week and will feature clips from a rowdy game of Cards Against Humanity with my friends from the uterus party. You will not want to miss it. This week's episode picks up where last week's episode left off. If you haven't already, go ahead and give that one a listen so you'll be all caught up on the adventures surrounding my uterus. We ended with my uterus party, so that's where I'll start this week. Without further ado, here's It's My Party, Part 2. I stayed up way too late the night before my uterus party and woke up covered in anxiety. Sure, the lack of sleep didn't help, but it wasn't my main source of panic that morning. I was getting ready to go to a party to celebrate the impending evacuation of my baby maker, and wouldn't you know it, I was having the hardest time. Jamie bought me a shirt for the party that said, Goodbye, uterus. She was kind of cramping my style, and it had fit perfectly prior to the party. However, I was due to start my very last period the day after my party and was already swollen all over, per the usual. So when I put on my party shirt, it no longer fit comfortably. Now, anyone else might have taken it off and switched to another shirt, but not your girl here. I waked out for 10 minutes trying to stretch it out, but it still wasn't comfortable. I ended up having a panic attack and finally decided to pick a new outfit. My cousin Cass and my friend Kayla were waiting for me when I came out of the room as we were all riding together to the party which Jamie and Wade were hosting. My next anxiety attack was already queued up when we got to the car and I released it ever so calmly by throwing trash left in my car at the back of Jonathan's truck. What happened? I was in my shirt and I was like, my boobs are swollen because of my period and so the shirt that Jamie got me fit before I got... Words got close to my period, yep. but now that I'm about to start, it didn't fit right. Oh, thank you. And it was bunching up underneath my armpits, and it was making me claustrophobic. And then I was like, I'm not going to be able to swing at the pinata with this. Not going to be able to fully enjoy my party. Yep. And sometimes it just rubs your shoulders the wrong way, and it just feels weird. Yes, right. And agree. then she was like, well, you're sure you could have cut the... Got the arms off, and I was like, I already had a panic attack. I just... <laughs> it's fine. Everything's fine. Morning. Yeah. And threw things at your husband's truck. 
Did you really? She had some Sonic cups or something in her in her car. Instead of just getting out and putting it in the back, she was like, ah, yeet! I'm starting to Well, I was trying to pour them out like a civilized human being. No, you But they out. turned to ice. Oh, yeah. The fucking, they froze in yes. your car. Yeah. So you threw them at your husband's truck? <laughs> yeah, I threw, them, I threw them into the bed of the truck with oh, gusto. Oh, yes. Oh, that's But okay, slightly that's missed. Different. And it was so phenomenally... <laughs> <laughs> funny because <laughs> I was fail. like you just needed that didn't you I just I could needed tell. to I just needed to throw something and it'd be okay <laughs> and I was like <laughs> and then that's what happens it and T-Rex noises come out of your mouth right <laughs> When we arrived I was blown away by all the decorations and the snacks and the cake Jamie and Wade's daughter Ruby had drawn a handful of uteri that were hanging from the ceiling there were felt hearts all over the wall with silly period puns written on them. And Willa had cut out and colored uterus-shaped snowflakes from paper. The place was decked out and I felt so seen and loved. We hung out and talked and recorded our silly conversations and games and snacked like our lives depended on it. Is that a stray Thin Mint? Can I have it? <laughs> <laughs> Let me adopt that into my mouth. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Love it. The next day, I started my very last period. She was painful and rude per the usual. And yet, I was surprised to feel rather bittersweet about what the end of the week would bring. Leading up to the surgery, I was increasingly nervous and reached out on Facebook for love and light as I was having a hard time staying out of my head about all of it. I made conscious efforts to ground and stay centered and utilized every self-care technique in my toolbox. People showed their love and support on Facebook and through messages, while my cousin Cass showed her love for me by making me laugh. She texted me and said, Hey, sweet baby. Saw that you're nervous. Thought I would cheer you up in the only way that I know how. Objectifying ridiculously attractive men who I know personally are supporting you from the bottoms of their hearts. She went on to say some pretty hilarious things about Thor, the Winter Soldier, and Captain America, and wrapped it all up by saying, Sending you all the good juju. This is monumental, and the way that you're handling it is such a testament to who you are and your growth. In the midst of all the anxiety, let that be your anchor. You are so incredibly strong, Sam. Needless to say, I cried. My mom flew into town two days before the surgery to stay with me for two weeks and help take care of me since JB had to work and wouldn't be able to tend to my every need day and night following the hysterectomy. Having her here made me feel so secure, and I was feeling much more prepared for all of it, knowing she would be here to love me through it. I couldn't sleep the night before the surgery, no surprise there. Before I knew it, it was 5 a.m. on Friday, and I was coaxing myself out of bed and into the shower. I washed and dried my hair and got dressed. By this time, the swelling I had experienced the week prior had dissipated, so I was able to wear my shirt. Jonathan works nights, so Mom and I left for the hospital and made it just in time for my 6 a.m. arrival time. There was no one at the hospital, so I made it into my pre-op room pretty quickly. Soon after, my mom was brought back to be with me. Jonathan made it with plenty of time to spare, and my friend who's a nurse at the hospital came to my room to love on me. Jamie was on her way to the hospital before I was taken back, but wasn't sure she would make it. She texted me to let me know she was doing her best to arrive before the surgery started, but added, just in case she didn't make it, I love you, and everything's going to be good. You have so many people looking over you today and sending all the good energy. To which I replied, 
I've been given the good stuff, so I'm a goofy shenanigan goofy goof. <laughs> I was no longer feeling very nervous by the time she arrived, and when they wheeled me out of the room to surgery, I inexplicably quoted Scarface. Say hello to my little friend. I couldn't tell you what it was in reference to at all. <laughs> I woke up after the surgery to a nurse gently informing me that it was done and that I had done great. I was in a sleepy anesthesia stupor in the recovery area, so when the nurse went to check my incision site, which involved her pulling my gown up to my belly and the drapes down to my thighs, I started to panic. I'm exposed! I'm exposed! PTSD knows no bounds, and my trauma came up and took us both by surprise. She quickly covered me back up and even apologized for startling me. Next, they wheeled me up to my room where my mom was already waiting. Something on the bed began to sound off, and it scared me, y'all. I was still very out of it and started to flail around, crying out for my mom, begging her to get it off, get it off. She quickly and gently stopped me from flailing my arms around, which were attached to IVs, and soothed me by caressing my forehead, reassuring me, I'm here, you're okay, I'm right here. It's one of my favorite memories now, among many that we made over the next two weeks. Post-op went normally. I had a catheter in, which was thankfully removed the next morning. I hated having it in. I was grateful when they said it was time for it to come out, though I was not ready for how hard it would be to get out of bed to use the restroom. I was not ready for how much effort and assistance I would require to walk the 10 steps to the bathroom, to sit down on the toilet, to stand back up, and then lay back down. It was immediately overwhelming. Luckily, I had a lot of sweet visitors and a wonderful nursing staff to help me feel loved and taken care of. My first nurse, Brittany, helped me name a stuffed animal JB bought for me to act as a bolster for when I needed to cough, laugh, talk, sneeze, stand up, walk, and sit down. He's this weird mix of a pig and a unicorn, and I had to have him when I saw him. When Brittany came into the room after I was coherent, I asked her blankly, What should I name this pig a corn? We landed on Stuart. I took a few laps up and down my hallway as the nurses had instructed me to do over the three days I was there, but I never noticed which floor I was on until my last day. I remember someone mentioning in passing about babies on my floor, but it just didn't register to me what that meant. Upon waking Sunday, being the stubborn ass I am, I snuck into the bathroom alone and then quietly left my room while my mom slept to ask the nurses for my next dose of painkillers. There was no one at the nurse's station across from my room, so I decided to make a solo lap down my hall and back while I waited for one of the nurses to return. I took in all the baby pictures they had lining the hallway. I noticed a wreath made of blue and diapers celebrating the birth of a child on one of the doors. It finally hit me. I was in the maternity ward. I still didn't react. I think maybe I was subconsciously trying to numb myself to all of it, which might have worked had I not come upon what I saw next. There in the doorway of the last room was an empty baby bassinet. It hit me in a way I wasn't expecting. Something about the symbolism behind it. The empty bed with no baby. I was an immediate mess. I sobbed all the way back to the nurse's station where I weepily requested a Percocet and a great popsicle. When the nurse followed me into my room, she asked if I was okay. I sobbed out. I thought I was past this feeling. 
She must have thought I was referring to my pain because she began to tell me how she understood and that I had to stay ahead of the pain with my meds. By that time, my mom woke up and I was able to say, oh, well, yeah, but I was talking about babies. I thought I was over not being able to ever have a child. I started to cry harder, letting out sob after sob as my mom climbed into my bed and held me while I went through another round of releasing feelings surrounding childbirth. Once again, she reassured me that she was here for me, that she expected these breakdowns, and for me to feel them and release them as they came. And I did. I was discharged on Sunday and came home to five fur babies that had missed me a lot. Three out of my four dogs would accidentally punch me in the gut over the next two weeks. The fact that they are still living is a testament to my love for them. <laughs> I spent a lot of time on the couch with my mom, watching I Love Lucy, The Lucy Show, Queer Eye, The Twilight Zone, and of course, Bob Ross. After about a week of that, I was feeling stir-crazy and very impatient with the healing process. I was tired of needing assistance to do everything. You have no idea what you need your core muscles for until you cannot use them. I was also fearful of becoming addicted to my painkillers, so I had trouble of being consistent with the Percocets and tried to rely mostly on the 600 milligram ibuprofen I had also been prescribed. Not to mention the Percocets made me incredibly nauseous. A week to the day of my surgery, JB had to remind me not to be a hero, to take my meds, and to be gentle with my body. This is a clip caught on his Twitch stream after I walked in while he was playing. Hello. You okay? Take your perks in. Is it? Are you really hurting today? I'm so sore. Like, where, where's your pain level at? Like a seven. Like a seven? You've been like this all day? No, I'm just like. In the last two hours, it's been getting worse and nothing's made it better. Okay. Have you had a Percocet today? That's probably the reason why. I just didn't want to get nauseous. They make me so sick. I know. I know they do, baby. <laughs> um, do we have anything for nausea? Pepto-Bismol? We, we have Fenugrin. Take you Fenugrin. That's, that's actually supposed to help you with that. With nausea. <laughs> Everything's going to be okay. I know. I have to get help with everything and I'm so over it. I know. Oh, Are you fine? Get him, get him, get him, get him, get him. I got him. Yay, good job, babe. Everybody gets to see me just as I am and everybody gets to see how you so wonderfully help me and meet me where I'm at. Yeah. You're so great, and I love you so much. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I said I was going to come in here and embarrass you, but I didn't know I was really going to do it. No, you didn't embarrass me. That's good. Why would you embarrass me? You're hurting. Go take you a Parkinson and take you a Pentagon. Okay. Remember, don't be a hero. You just had surgery. You've just been cut open. I'm just so over it. I know. 
but you still have healing to do. It's part of it. I know you're right. I would need to be reminded over and over to allow my body time to heal and would eventually come to terms with the healing process. I've still had a handful of moments where I was just ready to be okay, to be more independent, but I think that's to be expected. I wouldn't live in those feelings, though, and have learned a lot of patience over the last several weeks. I'm now to a point where riding in the car is no longer painful. I can do light cleaning around the house and even took a two and a half mile walk the other day with my puppies. Soon I'll be clear to drive again. Hallelujah. Lift objects heavier than a gallon of milk and live my life as if I hadn't had surgery. This coming week, I would have started my period. It's a surreal feeling to know that that's not going to happen. I still get taken by surprise by the feelings surrounding pregnancy and childbirth, but they are fewer and farther between. I've even been surprised to feel a sense of loss towards my now absent uterus. Luckily, I've done enough work that I tend to observe, acknowledge, and release those feelings rather quickly, and with tons of love and light. I have myself to thank for so much of my healing, and I've got to say, I'm so grateful to myself for having done the work to prepare for things I had no idea were on the horizon. I'm so excited to discover what more I'm capable of when pain isn't standing in my way, when I'm not obsessed with what my body can, or in my case, can't do. I get to appreciate my body and my life in a way I never expected, and that's just the coolest feeling ever. There you have it, guys. Now all that's left to do is find out how unstoppable I am. (laughs) Tune in next week for more fun on the podcast. And don't forget to check out my Patreon, patreon.com forward slash seventh chakra Sam for all of the thank you notes and extra content goodies that your heart desires. (laughs) Guess what, you guys? I love you. Until next time. Peace, love, and taco grease.